buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? What's up, everybody? I am in on a Saturday night doing some work and recording the intro to this podcast. So I hope everyone is doing fantastic. And was curious if anybody has been wondering about Cuba, um, about traveling to Cuba, because I have a sweet deal for you guys. Uh, My grandmother was Cuban. Um, She passed away two years ago. So technically, I am a quarter Cuban. Um, It has a special place in my heart. I visited five years ago. It has the most amazing people on the planet, the friendliest people, dancing, food, uh, the ocean, jungles, history, um, everything you could imagine. And my homie Max owns a travel company called Osta Cuba, where he curates uh, customizable trips to Cuba. So if you're looking to do a trip solo uh, with a group, maybe with your significant other, and you want to have the whole trip planned out for you from start to finish, or you want to just have uh, different segments planned out uh, in terms of going to specific maybe national parks or beaches or salsa classes, cooking classes, um, everything from the driver um, to the actual classes, he can customize and curate for you. So if you guys go to ostacuba.com, um, which is H-A-S-T-A-Cuba.com. And if you get anything on there, when you check out, if you use the code rewrite the rules, you will get 10% off the entire trip, um, which could turn out to be hundreds of dollars. So if you guys are looking to do Cuba, even just have him planning out a couple of the more uh, unique things you want to do. Max over at Austin Cuba is the man to do it. He's my homie. Um, I know a few people have gone on trips with him. Um, it's been fantastic. I would trust him with everything. So check it out if you're thinking about doing a Cuba trip because that place is unbelievable. Um, and Max is a fucking amazing guy. So he'll take care of you. Today's guest is my buddy Willie, who has been on the podcast before. He's actually the first one to be on twice. Uh, you can see him in an earlier show that was called... Um, Today is the best day of my life. What was it called? Oh, here we go. Today can be the best day of my life. Um, That was number 42. Um, Today, we are talking about cryptocurrency. Willie is kind of a a serial entrepreneur, an extremely intelligent guy. Love talking to him. Every time I hang out with him, he has started some new venture while I have uh, attempted to go to the gym twice and read half a book. He has, in the meantime, started three different companies. So he's just one of those guys, extremely intelligent. Um, I always feel riled up after talking to him. And we go into kind of the overall themes about cryptocurrency. I don't know that much about it. I didn't know before the podcast. Um, So if you don't for the future of our monetary system and a bunch of other uh, topics. So I know each star on Instagram. Uh, Email is alex at alexstar.com. Would love to hear from you. And most importantly, enjoy this fresh episode with Willie. Beautiful. Beautiful. We in business, baby. Yeah, boy. What's up? Let's do it. We're back. Let's cheers at the beginning of the podcast. Cheers. We are drinking Mike's Margarita Classic because there was no beer in the fridge. Ah, Very refreshing. Refreshing. All right, man. Welcome back. Thanks, Alex. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be back. 
I'm trying to think. I you might be the first repeat podcast guest. Seriously? Yeah, dude. I think you are. That's quite the honor. Yeah, I got you a Mike's uh, margarita lemonade to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I'm flattered. Um, so we are here today to talk about a subject that makes me feel so stupid when I read about it online. And I don't think is. you're alone with that. <laughs> yeah, dude. So just as like a background for everybody, we're talking about cryptocurrency. And I was going to do some research before this podcast like I usually do, right? And we were talking about this. I decided instead to just say, fuck it. I'm not going to know anything going into it because that way I think a lot of people will be wanting to know the same things I do because I don't understand it at all. I think that's a great um, excuse to not go out there and do all that research. <laughs> <laughs> It's it. I'm I'm trying out a new format. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a great call because again, yeah, you know, we're gonna be talking to a lot of people who may not understand um, blockchain or probably don't understand blockchain and cryptocurrency. So, I think one of the things that you know I've been doing a lot of these interviews, and oftentimes one of the first questions I get asked is, so explain you know blockchain to us, explain cryptocurrency, and it's a very difficult thing to explain, you know, and it, it's a difficult thing to understand. So. I actually don't really want to talk too much about specifically how the technology works. I think if people want to go learn that, they can Google it. Instead, what I want to talk about is really just kind of the benefits of the technology and why blockchain can be uh, disruptive and, you know, change the world and impact all of our lives. And, um, you know, the potential benefits of investing a small amount of your overall portfolio into this, um, into these cryptocurrencies. Right. And I think, yeah, we talked about this, how like, Let's go big picture here. Let's talk about how this is a total game changer for currency as a whole and the world as we know it. Because that's what matters. You know, how that's the technology works and stuff doesn't really matter. Say, say that metaphor you told me when you were talking about this. You remember? You, we were really baked. <laughs> uh, we had just baked some yeah, delicious cookies. Baked some delicious cookies. <laughs> that's right. So the metaphor that I use, and I, I don't know if I came up with this or if someone else came up with it, but it works. And I've been using it a lot. And it really resonates with people is that, look, you don't need to understand blockchain technology to understand the benefits and to um, understand why it's a good investment. And the analogy is, you know, um, it's just like the internet. So do you understand how the internet works? Do you understand how cell phones, computers work? Most people don't, but that doesn't stop you from understanding the benefits and why it's transformative. And again, investing in these companies that leverage the technology. Um, And so I think when you explain that to people, they say, oh, you know, that's a good point. And that's why today I really want to focus just on the benefits. So, all right, so let's get into it. So a, a a bank. So when I go to the bank right now, I go to I have Wells Fargo. Let's do it like just literally like my example. All yeah. right? I got my debit card from Wells Fargo. It's tied to the zeros and ones that are attached to my Wells Fargo's checking and savings account. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I have a ton of money in there, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they hold the money, and of course, then they use that money to give loans out to other people, and they make the money off the interest, and yada yada yada. So this is about destabilizing that entire structure. Right. Yeah, and, and you know, and how maybe improving that entire structure, or replacing it because we don't necessarily need it anymore thanks to this blockchain technology. So what would my? So let's say I go, yeah, cool. Let's use blockchain. What does it look like for me as just me, Alex? You know, doing my normal stuff here. Okay, let's get rid of Wells Fargo and my debit card. Mm-hmm. How does that look like? What does that look like? So what it really looks like to you is you, you don't have to actually interact with the blockchain. There's these things called wallets, um, and there's all these wallets you can have on your phone or on your computer. Or they have hardware wallets, which is referred to as cold storage. Um, and these wallets are kind of your interface with the blockchain, your user interface. So they make it really simple and easy to interact with these um, with the blockchain. And new tools are popping up, like Bitfrac, for example, that's just making it much, much 
much easier so that the average person won't ever have to touch the blockchain. But what it means for you is that instead of trusting the bank to basically keep track of your account balance and your purchases and your deposits and withdrawals and all of that, you're now trusting a distributed network of computers that are running this blockchain. And the benefits of doing that is that now the biggest benefit is you don't have to trust Wells Fargo, um, which, you know, even these big banks that we feel like we can trust in America, such as Wells Fargo, have shown us that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be trusting them. Yeah. Um, and then also, not only do you have to trust them, but you have to pay them to be this kind of third party or centralized authority and to keep track of this all. So with the blockchain, I mean, obviously, it's better to not have to trust anybody, especially when we're talking about, you know, these third world countries where they really have even less trust in the mm-hmm. banks and there's much more corruption and less regulation. So it's always better to trust a distributed network of computers that's so far, you know, really difficult to corrupt. And uh, the more people that adopt Bitcoin and start running these the, block, the Bitcoin blockchain on their computer, the harder it becomes to um, break it or manipulate it or cheat, basically. Okay. Um, and then the second big benefit is that when you're not um, trusting this bank or this third party, you also don't have to pay for them. So third parties always you know, create inefficiencies, basically. And it's much more efficient, again, to trust this distributed network of computers than to pay all the bankers and pay for their expensive technology and hosting and security and um, facilities. So is blockchain, just so I can kind of wrap my head, I know we don't want to go too deep into it, but is blockchain, it's not the currency, correct? Correct. It, the Bitcoin and all that stuff is the actual currency. Yeah, the, the cryptocurrency. The cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin is, let's do a, do you have a metaphor for that? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Bitcoin. Um, um, uh, what did you say? Blockchain? Blockchain, sorry. I, got, I can do this sometimes. So it gets confused. Blockchain, do you have a metaphor for blockchain? For like what that is in relation to, you know, if it's not the currency, what is it? Okay, so the way I think about blockchain and cryptocurrency is that they're really married. Um, so they're two distinct things, but they're, you know, um, forever married together. And, and a way to think about that is that blockchain is the technology that makes cryptocurrencies possible. Okay. Before blockchain, we hadn't okay. figured out how to prevent, you know, double spending and stuff. And just because you have, you know, 100 of these digital dollars, how do we ensure that, you know, those are yours? And when you send them to one person, you no longer have them. Now they have them and stuff. And before, the only really way we had to do that was with these banks, basically, these, these third parties. So blockchain is the technology that makes cryptocurrencies possible. Okay. And, and cryptocurrencies are the incentive that make blockchain possible. So that's the Bitcoins and things like that. The Bitcoins, the miners, um, okay. the, these computers running this distributed network, running this whole entire blockchain um, need to be incentivized to do that. And um, mining and the cryptocurrency is the incentive that motivates them to run this blockchain and to spend all this money on equipment and electricity and, um, you know, maintenance and security. Okay. So the people that are running these blockchain networks, are they taking a cut? Because they're making money, right? They are taking a cut. So, and that's okay. the minor fee. So when you that's send a minor people- fee, and that's supposed that's going to be less than a banking fee. Yes. Um. I, I, at scale, the idea is that these fees will be um almost zero, almost free. But that at scale, all these you know penny you know fractions of a penny's fees will add up to enough for these to incentivize okay. these miners to run this blockchain. And again, the technology is in the infancy stage, but already we're seeing signs of that working really well. Okay. So the blockchain really, I don't need to give a fuck about. I don't care about block. That's the, that's the technology, just like you were saying. Don't it, really need to care. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all like, about the currency. It's like understanding how the internet works. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Okay. Cool. But that's kind of how. Okay. Cool. You know what that reminds me of? Remember um, the movie Office Space? 
Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Well, you know, remember their little ploy <laughs> little was to take <laughs> little pennies out from a bunch of different accounts. And like every time up. they withdrew yeah. and they add up and they were going to get all, you know, a couple hundred thousand and they messed up on the the code and they ended up taking out 10 million. From Absolutely. And hey, that's a great point of even, you know, these big institutions and stuff. At the end of the day, they're made up of people and people, you know, some of them are trustworthy and some of them aren't. And so that's a great example of how, you know, behind the scenes and stuff, these institutions that we're trusting and stuff could be taking, you know, little pennies or who knows what they're doing basically. Mm-hmm. But obviously it's better if you just don't have to worry about that at all. Right. So what would it look like then in terms of like a, a if we took like a global perspective on this, and it's in its infancy. What do you what do you see happening in the next like five years with all this cryptocurrency going down? What do you think that looks like in five years in terms of the global economic and you know banking status? Totally. I think it's gonna be wild. That's one thing that I think <laughs> yeah, it, it's gonna be lit. The it's future is lit, wild. we yeah. like to say. Yeah. Uh, um, and you know, I'm happy to make some predictions. Nobody knows what's right. going to happen and stuff. Yeah. But what are your predictions? Yeah. What do you What do you think it could happen? I fundamentally believe that cryptocurrencies are the next evolution of money. And if we want to get meta later, we can talk about I think the final evolution of money. And I think you know, I don't think it's the last evolution. I think it's one major stepping stone um, in the evolution of currency. And I think you know, if there's alien planets and stuff, they probably have some big milestone where, just like the internet is a huge milestone, I think, right. for you know, a race or a, a species on a planet. I think that um, blockchain technology are basically this distributed network that enables the, everyone to control their own wealth and to send money to anybody anywhere in the world or galaxy for almost free um, without asking anyone's permission or without trusting anyone. That's revolutionary. So here's how I kind of see it impacting us on Earth. <laughs> uh, right now, there's about 3 billion people in the world who don't have um, identities, they don't have bank accounts. They don't necessarily have um, deeds to their property. And blockchain is the technology that's going to make it possible for all these people to have bank accounts and have identities and have you know background histories and criminal records and um, actually own their property. Um, and that's going to be massive. And it's estimated that there's $10 trillion of wealth right now that is just off the grid. And you can imagine, you know, people in these third world countries, you know, they live um, um, in a house or um, a shack that's been in their family for multiple generations and stuff, but they have no way to prove that it's theirs. Um, they have, it's hard for them to apply for a job and stuff when they have no identity. They have money, they have wealth, but none of it's in the bank account. They literally keep it, you know, on them or in their shack. Um, and so you can, and, but at the same time too, they might have a cell phone. Um, so you can see that I think the trend, the direction that things are moving in is that these people are going to eventually have, um, all these things, all of these amenities that we take for granted here, um, in America and blockchain is a technology that's going to enable that to happen. And the banks and stuff, unless they are willing to, and the governments, unless they're willing to embrace this and stuff are at serious risk. Um, so, you know, one of the really interesting things about the blockchain is that not only is it disrupting, um, it's going to disrupt banking, it's going to disrupt the legal, it's going to disrupt accounting, real estate, all these gigantic gigantic industries that really have been able to avoid disruption, um, significant disruption to date. Um, but it's going to potentially disrupt the government. And government, you know, just like with all disruptions and stuff, you have two choices. You can either fight it, and, you know, we know how it happens to that with examples like Kodak and Blockbuster, or you can embrace it. And not only is embracing it a great way to hedge your risk, but there's also opportunities, massive opportunities for the governments that are willing to embrace it and be progressive. And some governments and stuff like... Uh, Russia are stepping out and they are embracing it. And so mm. the U.S., you know, we have an important choice to make. And I think that 
there are you know I'm actually pretty impressed with the SEC and their um, um, you know what they've said so far about blockchain and cryptocurrencies and stuff. It's not the best, but they are at least they're trying they're doing what they can to not um, stifle innovation and to you know regulate it and protect consumers, which I think is all good. But um, I think it is important for these governments to basically get on board or you know risk being displaced because some things with blockchain technology like governance you can have these um basically decentralized um, autonomous organizations where everybody can have a vote and stuff and vote and it's all transparent and stuff and again it's much more efficient than having all these third parties do it and um we don't need uh, to trust anyone so i think it's possible that a lot of the things that the government is doing right now um could be replaced by blockchain which is pretty wild yeah i mean the the impact that this could have is almost so profound. It's hard for me to wrap my head around, to be honest, because mm-hmm. it impacts every aspect of our life. It's going to be as big, I think, or bigger than the internet. The impact that the internet had on our lives. Yeah, and I yeah, um, and I think that it's completely necessary and obvious that this would have happened with the internet like of course the currency systems that are in place that were in, like by these structured institutions are like mah, mah, mah. this is the way it works you know absolutely and i think that's another great way to think about it is that blockchain is actually enabling the internet to reach its full potential yes yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree because it is i think like one of the last um like places that really can revolutionize everything that the internet hasn't touched right we've already done transportation we've already done communication we've already done relationships we've the internet has touched and has and affected every aspect of our lives except for the monetary system and now it's affected in the sense that i can go on my app right now and i can pay people on venmo but that's not a structural change right this is a you're talking like massive structural change to what we think of as the monetary system. Exactly. It's going to be huge. Which is huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hugest. Mm-hmm. Because even though you say like, oh yeah, money run, run, you know, runs your life and all that. And it's cliche. I mean, it, it entirely does, right? I mean, it's like the core of what everybody does all the time. The decisions you make, the places you move to. You can't escape it. Yeah. You can't escape it. The stress you have, the stress you don't have. Um, everything comes back to that. Yeah, whether you're making a thousand dollars a day or a dollar a day. Yeah, it all comes back to that. Um, so, what do you think? You were saying, well, a couple things. One, do you feel like so the big banking systems, right? And of course, all the excuse me, the insurance and everything like that. Are they the blockbusters? I mean, like, will they go extinct? It's, and it's be, up to them entirely. I and think, so, like, yeah. w- is there going to be a world then where, like, we can take out loans for houses and stuff like that using cryptocurrency? Because for me, it's not so much just about the bank account, right? It's not just, like, my checking. Mm-hmm. People go to there for small business loans, for their car. Like, you know, I got a car loan. Would I be... All would, of that can be the, done by the would, blockchain. Would, okay, so <laughs> yeah, Ford would be, like... Much more efficiently, in a much better way, basically. Okay. So why would you do these, you know, um, expensive, inefficient maybe not trustworthy institutions when you can have this network that you don't have to trust. It's very efficient and it works, you know? Um, and there's a company out there, Salt Lending. Um, we got to meet their team and their CEO a few weeks ago in Dallas. Um, awesome team, really bright, great vision. And um, they're, they're making it happen. They're actually doing loans on the blockchain um, and using crypto assets as collateral. So you can basically give them your Bitcoin and they'll give you a loan in cash. 
okay. eventually it's just going to be alone in crypto. <laughs> right, right, right. That, okay, so that's what I'm curious about. But here's what I foresee when I think about this. And tell me, maybe this is totally off. I picture me going, I have a lease on a Ford car right now, right? And so I took that lease out and they do financing through their their institution, whoever they used, right? Mm-hmm. They have a financing institution. And they did a credit check? Um, yeah. They and did a credit, credit check. Stuff. Right. That can be done more efficiently on the blockchain. That can be more efficient. But so my, my question is, <laughs> I like how when like, I wish you guys could see Willie right now because he's like a foot away from the mic when I'm talking, but then he'll hop back in and be like, that could be more efficient. On <laughs> There's an app yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a cryptocurrency for that. But my, what I go to automatically is Ford goes, okay, cool. This can be more efficient and it's cheaper and everything. Why wouldn't these companies then... Why wouldn't they, let's say it's going to, my interest rate would be non-existent because there'd just be no interest or it'd be negligent, right? It'd be 0.01% or something, right? Because it's so efficient. Why wouldn't Ford just jack that up and, and take the profits off of that gap that used to be there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Ford, if you're listening, you know, I think you should take Alex's advice. And I think <laughs> some companies are, even some of the biggest banks and stuff um, that may publicly say they're against blockchain and stuff like that. They're, I mean, they're spending a lot of money um, either researching and developing these solutions and testing them in-house or scooping up the companies that are doing it. So the smart companies that are going to survive are going to be the ones, I think, that embrace this technology um, and incorporate it. And again, yeah, Ford now is going to give... They, they can survive as long as they're giving these loans on the blockchain. Or some blockchain company will pop up to do the loans and you can't build cars on the blockchain. So Ford will be there and they'll partner with this company um, or this blockchain um to network to do the loans so to answer your question i think the companies that embrace the technology are going to succeed i think um or have at least a much better chance of succeeding Mm -hmm. and the companies that um refuse to are going to get disrupted where's the tipping point going to be it's driven by consumers so um you know at the end of the day i think one of the major changes that is happening is that these blockchain companies are getting better at hiding the blockchain behind the scenes because again you know the average consumer doesn't need to know that it's on the blockchain all you care about is getting a card the best interest rate in the right you know in an easy way without having to write any code so um please no code exactly so it's going to take some time um, for all this for the infrastructure to get built and for the technology to be developed and improved and um, scaled and then embraced by these larger companies but it is happening um so get ready yeah man i mean i just you know like i just want yeah i wonder where that tipping point is where we keep hearing about it keep hearing about it obviously there's the huge bitcoin debacle whatever three four months ago right where it was all over the news you couldn't like take a shit without like seeing five different things about bitcoin 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 oh yeah and the, the new crossfit yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> it's the new like vegan crossfitters like bitcoin i was out last weekend actually and um my buddy's buddy started talking about Bitcoin and all of his friends were just like, shut up. He's a Bitcoiner. Stay away from him, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you into Bitcoin, man? He's like, yeah. Poor guy. Like, he's trying to spread the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's into, um, I think he was really into the investing part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like trying to make money off it. Um, once you get into it, it's, it's so interesting. And it really is. It's almost like addicting like gambling is because you put is your it? money in and it just you know the value changes so quickly and stuff and, and is that on the stock is that on the ny um se is that on the new york new york stock exchange where do you so no. we can kind of talk about so you have bitfract which is a which is a cryptocurrency exchange um or a converter yeah 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 exactly we're built on top of one of the largest exchanges shapeshift Okay. Um, Shapeshift is a unique exchange where you basically send them a cryptocurrency and they exchange it for another cryptocurrency and then send it to your own wallet. 
So you hold your own funds. Um, unlike um, a lot of the other exchanges where, such as Binance um, or even Coinbase and GDAX, where they store your funds basically. Um, and so, so far, there's no way to go through the New York Stock Exchange and purchase Bitcoin as far as I know. Okay. Or any of these cryptocurrencies, yeah. So this is all done on these alternative um, sites and programs. Exactly. Yeah, like and the Coinbase. SEC is still tri- figuring out how to not like them. They yeah, sh- they, yeah. They'll, they'll, ca- they'll they catch up and... They'll catch up when you guys are about 10 steps forward from now. Exactly. Like most things. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's crazy for these companies that are you know, building technology and building huge companies on the blockchain and with these tokens and doing ICOs and trading them on these exchanges and stuff. But the SEC has you know, yet to really define the, the clear rules, basically, and the safe harbors. So it's pretty scary. Um, and a lot of the companies that do these ICOs are getting now subpoenaed by the SEC, basically, to open their books. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, it is like the Wild West. What's going on? It's the Wild Wild West out there. It's great. Really? That's a great analogy, yeah. So then the so you're, um, the company you started, Bitfract, you're doing those exchanges. And where do you make your money then? You're making it, you're taking those little cents off of the transactions then? Yes. And the cool thing is, is that it actually doesn't cost the user anything extra to use Bitfract. Um, because all these exchanges charge fees. And because the name of the game for the exchange is to attract users and drive volume, they're willing to um, pay affiliates a commission of the fees that they charge in exchange for the volume that the affiliates drive. Mm. So we're partnering with Shapeshift, who we really admire and look up to. Um, and they're, again, one of the, the fastest and securest exchange on earth. Um, they're the one that doesn't uh, hold your funds. They enable you to hold your funds, which is kind of the whole um, idea behind cryptocurrency is that mm-hmm. you control your own wealth and finances. So um, they charge their fees, and we're built on top of them, which enabled us to get up and running very quickly. They had a really great API that we built on top of. And what we do that's very unique is that we were the first company to enable you to exchange one cryptocurrency for up to 70 cryptocurrencies in a single transaction. So you basically send us Bitcoin, you tell us which coins you want, what percentage of all these different altcoins you want, and then we do all the transactions on the back end, which is solving a really big problem for both new traders and even professional traders. Because... First of all, I mean, nobody really knows which of these coins are going to be big. Even Bitcoin may not be the final coin that wins. But if you believe in blockchain technology or if you want to take, um, you know, you want to take some risk and participate in the potential gains, then what could make sense is to just invest in a diversified portfolio and hold. And I have experienced that firsthand when I was spending way too much time day trading last year. And after, you know, I was beating my initial portfolio and felt great about it. But then after the big crash, I ended up performing worse than if I had just held my initial portfolio, which felt terrible because I'd spent so much time staring at these charts and trading. Um, And so that kind of spurred the idea of, okay, well, let's just make it really easy to invest in a diversified portfolio of cryptocurrencies. We'll add tools like rebalancing to help people, you know, further improve their gains with minimal effort. And we realized, and we've seen from you know the past couple of weeks of uh, the market just getting really excited about it, that that that's a, 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 uh, solves a big need and there's a big opportunity there. Um, because these the other user-friendly exchanges like Coinbase only offer you know four coins, and that's not very diversified. If we look at the, uh, if you want to compare it, in, um, compare it to the internet days, um, most of those companies failed. You know? um, and most startups still these days fail. But if you're a savvy investor, then you know that it's beneficial to hold 10, 20, 30, mm-hmm. even more of these um, coins or um, or companies so that, um, you know, even if nine out of the 10 fail, the ones that do succeed, the next Googles um, and Facebooks and Bitfracks are going to make up for uh, the losses from all the others and then some. 
Okay, that's a really uh, that just made it click because comparing them to different companies because it's very hard for me when you say that keep hold on to all these different currencies and hold mm-hmm. and it's like what do you mean like they're all currency you know what I mean it's hard for me to wrap my head around that but when you put it as like a company analogy mm-hmm. where it's like these are all different company possibilities that might make it to be the new nation or international currency mm-hmm. then you might come out on top because you got whatever a hundred. Um, you know, not dollars, I guess, but coins, tokens, coins, tokens. So, so walk me through this. If I'm, I'm Alex right now and I have a hundred bucks, right. In Wells Fargo, USD dollars, right. Mm -hmm. What do I do to like get to the point where I'm exchanging it? I don't I seriously don't even know where the fuck you get Bitcoins from. Like, let's do it. Let's go through it. It's yeah. Like, simple. Yeah. do I go online right now? Like, do I, can I get them on Amazon? What's the deal here? You could definitely go online and, go, and Google <laughs> like, it, but it's pretty simple. So we'll go through it. Okay. So if you had a hundred bucks in your bank account, yeah. first of all, I'd, I'd suggest probably only investing five of it into crypto, you know, because $5. this stuff's risky. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I think 5% is like a very standard amount that people suggest investing, um, into high risk stuff when you look at your overall portfolio. Right. So if overall you have a hundred bucks invested in various things, you know, your home, some stocks, some bonds, maybe five percent of that should go to the high risk stuff. And when we look at the other high risk options, what do you have? You got penny stocks, which, you know, I would say are as questionable, if not more questionable, than these cryptocurrencies. And you got startups, which again are only um, accessible to really to the accredited investors. And it takes a lot of time to analyze all these startups and meet them and make investments and maintain those investments. And again, most investors end up losing money. So uh, if you have a hundred bucks, I think cryptocurrency is a great uh, is a great um, place to put five percent of your overall portfolio. And it's much easier, I think, and has you know risk reward and time wise, I think it has a, the, the greatest potential. So you take five percent or however much that you're willing to lose of your overall portfolio, and you would go over to Coinbase. And Coinbase is the easiest way to buy cryptocurrencies. They've got an app. It's a super friendly interface. They're compliant. They're probably the most compliant exchange on earth. They've done um, a lot of uh, legal work and stuff to kind of pave the road. And they've done you know state-by-state state compliance for these money transfer laws and stuff. And they ask for your ID and, and stuff when you register. And it can take a couple of days to get verified. So um, it doesn't hurt at all to just get signed up. You can even, if you find a referral link, I'm sure one of your friends will be happy to give you a Coinbase referral link. And then if you buy a hundred bucks of Bitcoin, you'll get 10 bucks free. So there's, you know, instantly a 10% return. Um, so Coinbase thinks it's really easy to buy. Just follow the instructions. They also, they do charge some of the highest fees for their ease of use. So if you want to buy it for potentially zero free fees, you can sign up for Coinbase and then go create an account on GDAX, which is owned by Coinbase. So you still get all the benefits of that um, compliance. And then you can put in a limit order to buy, which I guess this is getting pretty complex. But if you do that, that's one way to avoid the fees. Well, limit order is the same thing I do when I buy my stocks. Exactly. So if you're familiar yeah. with that, you'll you be able when to do When I buy my stocks, <laughs> yeah. I limit orders. Huh? Yeah, and that's a, I, it is a cool way to avoid fees entirely. Um, or if you just purchase, um, like make a market order on GDAX, it's about 0.25%, which is pretty reasonable. Okay. And then once I have that, let's say I buy the $5 worth of actual Bitcoin, then you go to a place like your place, like Bitfract, which is a exchange place, and then I buy five dollars worth of fifty different currencies. Exactly. Okay. You tell us what coins you want. Soon we're gonna make it. We're gonna release an update where you can actually just copy, um, you know, the best traders' portfolios because again, very few people know 
um, which of these coins are going to be successful. But if you have, you know, a network of traders competing and tracking their portfolios and their performance, then what I like to do is I just like to follow the traders that are the most experienced because nobody has time to research all these different companies and coins and white papers and look at the teams and everything. Um, so rather than wasting my time doing it when I'm trying to build cool blockchain stuff, I'd rather just follow those traders and just copy their portfolios. So we're going to make it really easy for you to invest into, um, you know, a diversified portfolio. And you basically, what you do is you send us your Bitcoin. And then we send that to Shapeshift and our technology basically batches all these transactions together so that um, you can do, you know, 70 transactions in a single transaction so that even the professional traders that know exactly which coins they want to invest in, they've already done all the math in Bitcoin because you have to buy these altcoins in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, you're buying it in maybe fractions of a decimal and stuff and trying to do all this math. Even if you've already done that, it still takes a lot of time to go do 20, 30, 40, 50 transactions. You can take all day. Um, whereas we're basically automating that and doing all those transactions for you. And then we send it to your wallet address, which could, um, which uh, one that we recommend is Exodus. It's a great multi-wallet that you can download. Just search download Exodus wallet. Make sure you go to their actual website, exodus.io, because there's a lot of scams out there. And uh, then basically you can click, uh, Exodus will walk you through it. There's a lot of instructions online, but you have to plug in your address. And their public address is how people know um, is how you receive funds, basically. And you can, you know, only your private key, which nobody will see, basically. Um, it's And you won't even necessarily see it through Exodus unless you really want to. You can just interface it through your own kind of password that you set to access it. Exodus can't even see your private key. Then that's what enables you to send the funds. So unless, as long as you keep your private key safe, then um, your funds are protected. But it's important to not lose that stuff. So with great power comes great responsibility. So the easiest way to um, store your funds is on one of these exchanges. But then, you know, if the exchange gets hacked, if they're actually a big Ponzi scheme and stuff, then all your money could be gone. So if you want to prevent that, then the solution is to keep it in, in a wallet like Exodus, or the safest way to keep your funds is in a hardware wallet, like a Ledger is one that we recommend. A hardware wallet? A hardware wallet, yeah, which is kind of like a USB drive. Okay, I was going to yeah. say, like, hardware, hardware? Like, what I have <laughs> it, like, yeah, the USB drive I have at home? It's like you actually have it, a physical, like on you correct and I right have one, that's a I have USB one in my backpack drive. yeah it's a okay. usb drive but it uh but it has some extra features as well that basically um enable you to recover your funds if you lost your usb drive okay damn and it was crazy because right now it's still in that it's still in that that sequence or it's still in that stage where it is still exchanging initially my us dollar for all this this other world and and eventually we're going to get to the point where like that first step is going to be gone and all the stuff is going to be just done. I feel like right now we're just in like this giant metamorphosis. We're in this maybe 5, 10, 20 year metamorphosis of this outdated system. And then mm -hmm. now, of course, the internet ramping up the monetary system. Yeah. And it's all this like exchanges back and forth as this thing starts to grow and expand and eventually yeah. break out it's almost like a new age you know it's like yeah ever since you know the beginning of mankind we've been going through these metamorphoses but what's happening i think is that they're happening faster and faster yes and the impacts much more profound and are becoming much more globalized you know yes um, which is i think is going to be really profound so it's happening it's happening very quickly and it's good the impact is going to be huge and um i think a lot of people are afraid of that i think there's definitely going to be a lot of displacement but i think overall it's for the best as long as we can make it through this displacement. And that's why it's important for the governments to help, you know, protect the people that are going to get displaced. Um, 
But, you know, if we hadn't had any of these metamorphoses, then we'd still all be farmers. You know, 98% of the world would be farming still. So right. overall, it's for the best. I think the big displacement is going to be going to, you know, robots running everything, AI and robots, and where a lot of jobs are going to get displaced. And that's one of the things where if we can survive it and get to it, it's going to be great. We're not going to have to work. All the food's going to be grown with solar energy and robots, and we're going to have surplus of everything. We're going to be mining resources from asteroids and supernovas. <laughs> we're going to be set. But getting there is going to be pretty a pretty wild ride. And uh you know, I do have my concerns about the sustainability of, of mankind. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like but man. I like to stay optimistic. Yeah. 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 I know you're very. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. The the last podcast we did was uh, why today is the best day of my life was the title of it. So, which today is also the best day of my life. Today, we yeah, today's best day of my life. Yeah, that's right. I said that today actually to somebody. They're like, "How are you doing today?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm all right." And I was like, "No, today's the best day of my life." And it throws them off probably. They're like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, really? It's like, a curveball for people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to say it though. <laughs> um, yeah, the trippy thing too, man, is like, yeah, I mean, going forward, all that stuff. I feel like the earth is also at a point now where we are in like that. So when I was 24, 25, right, you get to this point where you're just kind of spending cash and, you know, oh, I got a credit card and you just put on the credit card and... I'm going to live forever and don't care and just doing whatever you want. You know what I mean? Just being reckless, just mm-hmm. reckless. And eventually the chickens have to come home to roost, right? Eventually everything has to come to a halt, you know, like you, you have to stop the spending. You have to cut the credit cards. You have to reevaluate. You have to make re- reevaluate. You have to make responsible decisions, right? Mm-hmm. You can't carry on that life forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where we're at now. We're it, at this point yeah. where it's like we're all 24, 25, and the, the, it's been going in this direction for so long mm-hmm. of like just mass consumption and overspending and like cars and fucking all this stuff, cement and cities and like, nah, nah, nah. and eventually it's going to come to this chickens coming home to roost scenario. I think so too. I think, um, and blockchain could be a part of that too, you know, again, because it's, a lot of that's cultural and if we weren't always like that, you know. That, you know, you fast forward 500 years ago in America and stuff, and I don't think Native Americans had any of those problems, you know, and um, they were really much more enlightened and fulfilled and I think happier overall. Um, and so I think, yeah, right now we have a lot of people that are, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they've got it all, but they're unhappy. And what we're missing is the self-actualization. Yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a major key. I think that's almost the developed world's plight. Mm-hmm is exactly. everyone is stuck at the top of the pyramid looking around going, I don't know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've talked, I don't, I don't want to talk about it today, but we've talked about, I have you know my other company that I was working on kind of alongside Bitfract and then Bitfract started taking off. So I've kind of put the other company on the back burner, but it's a blockchain-based social network designed to save the world mm. and to yeah, enable people to have that self-actualization and have an impact and you know be happy and be fulfilled and at the same time contribute to saving the world so that humans don't go extinct and so we don't kill the world. Yeah, yeah, and it's such a... I think millennials get a rap for it. You know, they get a they get a bad rap for it, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, you just oh, I just want to find your purpose, and like, you know, what I mean, it sounds so wishy washy and like, <laughs> and uh, hippy dippy. Totally. You know what I mean? But I think actually, in reality, I think all the other generations before us were duped. Yeah, I think that actually is what happened. And now we're starting to realize it. Uh, exactly, and I think the internet set everybody free. Hmm. And I think that that is what allowed everyone to realize, like, the charade is up. Mm-hmm. Like, now with the internet, you have access to all this information. You can see what other cultures are doing, what other people are doing, all the other ways you can live your life. And we've talked about this, like, this podcast, right? Like, 
other people's podcasts, books. It, there's so much information everywhere that you can know like, what the fuck? You can't trick people anymore. We're not falling for it. Yeah. We're not falling for it anymore. And so I think when you hear like our parents and our grandparents being like, oh, you just entitled kids. You want to <laughs> just find your passion. It's like, why the fuck would you not want? Why would you why not want you? that? Yeah, exactly. Like you were just, I'm like, it sucks. I feel bad for the older generations. So I'm like, you were, you've been duped. Totally. Like you've been stuck in this world where you didn't have alternatives to the monetary system. Mm-hmm. You didn't have alternatives to media. You didn't have alternatives to like the type of relationship you wanted or like what you wanted out of your job. It was just like so structured in this box. It's so true. And that's what rewrite the rules is kind of all about. about, (laughs) That's my best pitch right there. I'm taking that audio clip. I'm putting it everywhere. I love it. I love it. It just clicked for me. I always wondered what is Alex doing, but now now I see it. (laughs) No, but I think you're onto something there, man. I think that, um, I think that the, um, they were duped in the past, you know, our parents and their parents were all chasing this dream, the American dream of, you know, if you get a good job and if you work hard and if you raise a good family, um, and you save up, then one day you can retire and be happy. What people are finding is that they do all that and they're, they're far from happy. Right. Um, and whereas, you know, the people that come on your podcast and stuff, they're not taking that route. And I think they are relatively happier. Um, so I think you're onto something there for sure. Thanks, man. I'm picturing how what kind of cool videos I can put to that audio clip. I see the wheels are spinning. <laughs> yeah, man. I think, and this is this is going to be such a huge part of it, you know, and what you're doing and stuff, and and what the currencies mean. Um, going back though, I, I had a question. You mentioned earlier that you were saying that with the cryptocurrency stuff, you can actually do um, like records and stuff like that, and identification and things like that. Oh yeah. So the first thing that came to my mind though is like, is that scary in the sense of like a new world order and the ability to already you can kind of track people and see all this stuff do you think that that's going to contribute to being able to monitor all these different things that maybe people don't want to have you know it could um and we'll have to see how it plays out you know in some ways bitcoin's actually the most traceable currency um, because you can see where every single bitcoin goes what's anonymous is who it's going to so those wallet addresses i talked about earlier until you publish it everyone can see how much money is in every single bitcoin wallet out there and who sends money to who but what's anonymous is who owns that wallet. There's also other coins that are coming up that are completely anonymous, um, which is pretty scary um, in terms of you know money trafficking and uh, laundering and the, the whole black market and um, the impact that that could have there. Um, trying to remember what your original question was. Uh, or is it going to like a new world order? Okay, but I think that there's solutions there. And again, it's going to be ultimately, this is all driven by consumers. Um, and so it's up to the consumers to not necessarily get fully educated and i don't want to tell people not to go learn about blockchain but really just understand the important stuff the benefits again you know the things that you need to know about the internet to really understand why it's right. important um and you know i think i was talking just earlier with a friend about an idea i had years ago that's now possible because of the blockchain but it basically enables it's like a solution to kind of privacy and like internet cookies and advertising in a way where you can um you know your device can have all of your demographics and all the things that advertisers want um, but when you in, when you visit any website and stuff, you can give permission to share all that data with them. And, you know, the companies would give you some sort of incentive for that because the advertisers, that's gold to them. But the advertisers don't really care who you are as an individual as long as they know everything about you and know how to get their message in front of you. And I think that that's got more incentives and a better chance of, um, you know, succeeding than something that's like, you know, Big Brother style. Um, but we'll see. You know, no one knows where this stuff's going to go. And it's up to the people listening to this and the people out there to go build the right solution and, uh, and don't adopt the bad solutions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. The fact that you can like, that they really don't, they don't give a shit except they want to you to exchange your money with them. Right. They give you your money. So they don't care that I'm actually Alex with brown eyes. Right. They just want to know, do you want these pair of swim shorts or not? Exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. Who is Alex? Not who is Alex, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, like what will he buy? Yeah. Not like who is he as a person? Exactly. Yeah, and where's he going next week? Well, I guess they might want that for marketing purposes. It gets so strange so quickly. Mm-hmm. The amount of information that like Google and stuff has. It's crazy. I want to see they my have more than search than share with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I read somewhere that it was like, um, it was something creepy about how Google, like your search bar is like the thing that you would never tell the world. Like the things that you search on the on Google search are like things that you like that you wouldn't talk to your family about. Your deepest darkest like, secrets, yeah. Yeah, is on Google. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I, I like whenever my dick has started itch a weird <laughs> way, I'm like, what is the symptoms for herpes? You know what I mean? Like looking up that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That if you people saw your search results, they're like, they, you know, you'd be like, oh my god, I do not want people to see that. That is such a good point. I man. don't have herpes. I don't have herpes. I'm, I've always been the type of person that's like, oh, you know, privacy. Uh, when I was young, I was like, I don't have anything to hide. Like, I don't care if Alexa's listening to me and stuff. It's like, who wants to listen to me and my friends talk about stupid stuff, you know? But then I saw John McAfee talk um, about this, and he had a really good point. That's like, you know, everyone's got something to hide, you know? It's like, um, who's, you know, cheated on their spouse and stuff like that? It's like, you know, do you want your spouse to know that? Who here smokes weed? Do you want your colleagues at work to know that and stuff? Um, and so he made some really good points that even if you don't really think you have something to hide, there is stuff that you don't necessarily want everyone to know, um, which I thought was a really good point. That's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need everybody to know mm-hmm. everything. Exactly. Like your Google search history, for example. Yeah. And you know, it also like, I mean, think about the dynamic you have between your homies, you know? Right. Or like if you and I sit down, we're just shooting the shit about stuff and girls or like, you know, what we do on the weekend or whatever it is, you know, just like you're talking amongst friends and then go have that same conversation with your grandparents. Oh, yeah. Right. And then go have it with maybe if you have a, a sibling. Right. And then go have it with your boss. So and, then, and you're still the same person and you're doing the exact same things. But that dynamic and the things you talk about are wildly different mm-hmm. and they should be. Because it's not the same relationship. That domain of specificity. I don't know. When I hang out with your grandma, we, we just shoot it, dude. <laughs> we have a great time. She doesn't remember shit. So <laughs> you can talk about whatever and five minutes later, and she'd be like, oh, you're such a nice boy. Exactly. Yeah, man. But you, yeah, you really do. Uh, you can't fucking. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with all the information that's out there. It's going to be. That's one thing. I'm really excited to see what happens. And I mean, right now, every day, millions and millions of dollars are flowing into the hands of developers, um, which I think is also really cool because in some of the last big wealth transfers and stuff, it was like, you know, going to these oil tycoons and stuff like that mm. and gold diggers. Um, and now it's going to, you know, nerds who are actually building something of value. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I was thinking about that today as I walked into this building. I shit you not, dude. I shit you not. And I think we've talked about this before how, like, the kids that were maybe stereotypically more, um, you know, nerds and stuff, you know, like that, that motif, is that the correct word? That, you know, vibe and stuff like that. They are running this fucking city. Like they're running the tech <laughs> world. They're running everything. There's a buddy of mine that's actually from my hometown. He's 23 years old and he taught himself Ruby and Python and HTML and all that stuff. He's making twice the money I am. He gets way more time off. He can come in at 10, leave at 3. He can work from home. Like, they own this shit. That's true. They have all the leverage. Tech is the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you better be skilled. The way I see it is right now, and I was just talking to my buddy about this, you better be skilled in either extreme soft skills. Like, you better be so good with people that you can walk into a room and just get a deal done by just being you and just being so good at communicating and listening and and empathizing right and just being so socially intelligent you're off the charts Mm -hmm. you better have those soft skills down that they're almost hard 
And then you better, on the flip side, or you better have those fucking hard skills. You can code, you can develop, you can do be an engineer, software engineer. And if you're stuck somewhere in the middle, I honestly think that you're, you're fucked. Yeah. And in if the you next have both, 20 years. And you can, you know, write your own checks, basically. Yeah. If, you have both, if <laughs> yeah. you've got both, then you're going to run. You're the, a you're, unicorn. Yeah you're, yeah. yeah. you're a unicorn. Yeah. But I really believe that, man. Just seeing how it's going right now. And just looking at all the dynamics that are happening and all the oh, changes, yeah. I really think that like if you are find yourself in that middle ground and you're not developing either extreme hard or extreme soft skills, you're going to be stuck in like this middle class, not even middle class, like lower class rut where the jobs I don't think will be that fulfilling. Yeah. They won't be that challenging. They'll be there. They'll be enough. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to get to where you really, really want to go. That's my opinion. I think that's a great point. Yeah. It makes complete sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's crazy, um, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see what all these nerds build for sure. Yeah, I think when a bunch of nerds get really excited like they are right now and like passionate about something, and when you give them you know a lot of resources and stuff, cool stuff's gonna happen. So yeah, it's gonna be really exciting to see yeah how stuff get built. And, it's gonna be cool, man. Mm-hmm. And right I think on. I think you know I would encourage people who are looking for new stuff to learn about go learn it. If you really want you know a lot of opportunity, there's mm. so much demand for people who understand blockchain and cryptocurrency, and you know. You don't have to change professions. You know, if you're an accountant again, a lawyer, a real estate agent and stuff, just becoming savvy and familiar with this type of stuff, again, is going to hedge you from the disruption and it's going to create a lot of opportunity. Um, So I highly encourage people to get out there and and learn about it. Another thing I just wanted to mention that you you made me think of is that, you know, there's, I think there's always such a unmet demand for engineers and for like these emerging technologies. Mm -hmm. And I think about, we've all seen the chart of the exponential curve of technology and how it just grows exponentially faster and faster with every new innovation and i think that helps to explain why there's almost always a shortage of talent in tech is that the pace of the evolutions and stuff is faster than the people you know people aren't getting trained exponentially quickly they're not going through school and getting these degrees um, exponentially faster so i think tech and stuff is always a safe bet and i'm not worried about tech getting disrupted i'm worried about all these industries industries that tech is impacting getting disrupted yes yes exactly yeah, and it's going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, on that positive note, <laughs> it's all getting disrupted. Um, where can people find it's Bitfract? Bitfract.com. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. check it out. It's a it's a beautiful. It really is. Yeah. It's a beautiful interface. I don't. I still. You know, this helped me a lot understand it. Like you said, I really have to make the effort to be like I don't need to understand it. Really, the basic concept got it, mm-hmm. and now I do. And it's a place to exchange your your cryptocurrency. Absolutely. It's simple. We want to give more of those resources and stuff. I Mm -hmm. think there's such a huge need for this really simple, you know, stuff for people to wrap their head around it. And there's a lot of noise out there. You know, there's a lot of noise and scams and stuff. And people are pretending to be experts who aren't experts. I'll say the first thing I'll always say is I am not an expert. I'm just a nerd. I'm just a passionate nerd Mm -hmm. who loves this stuff. And I'm learning new stuff about it every single day. But even then, that hasn't stopped me from, you know, long before I knew a lot about it, investing and making a lot of money and even building a company that's in the space and stuff, which I've never seen something gather, get traction so quickly. And people get so excited about it. We've only had the setup for a matter of weeks. And uh, people are making videos around the world about Bitfract. And we haven't done any marketing yet. We've just done some social media posts and we went to one conference. So I've never seen anything like this. And I go to these meetups, you know, almost every day in Austin and I see these brilliant engineers and um, business people who are so excited about the technology and about the possibilities in the future and sharing information and learning from each other. And I see this money. I see these investors who are now saying, I, will own, I won't invest in you unless you have a token. Um, uh, and I see that. And you know, I like to think that in the startup space, I'm a couple years in the future. You know, I see stuff years ahead of when the mass market actually gets to see this technology, years ahead of when it's commercialized. 
Um, so I'm telling you guys, it's it's happening. It's not going anywhere. The technology is in the infancy stages, but it works, and people are building really cool, game-changing stuff with it. So I'd encourage everyone to figure out what they're willing to lose and invest into a diversified portfolio, and we can help you do that really easily at bitfrack.com. Nice, dude. Good finish. <laughs> I remember, too, just a side note, I remember when you started this company, when I think we got... We got dinner in like November or something. You were telling me about cause, which I'm sure we'll do another podcast on that. Absolutely. And then we met up like two months. I don't know. But there was like a couple months in between and you're like, oh yeah, I started something else. And then you came to my birthday thing and you're like, oh, I got to tell you about the new thing. <laughs> and then it was like, wait, what new thing? And then now you are a bit fracked. It was like within six weeks. You're like, oh yeah, I started this new, this new currency you know, exchange company and da, 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 da. And then now here it is like blowing up. Yep, it was, it was literally six weeks. It's oh, it's oh right so before quickly. Christmas. It was right before Christmas. We went to go see that comedy show. Yeah, and then you came over for my birthday barbecue thing. That's at the end of January. So that was five. I would say that was five, maybe six weeks. And it was brand new. Like what we had yeah. then was totally different than what we have now. Yeah, and, uh, and it's different than what we'll have in two weeks. So it's happened really quickly. That's cool shit, and, uh, man. Yeah, and I've I've just never seen um, you know people get so excited about something so new. We haven't even launched yet, and people are just coming out of nowhere and signing up and telling their friends about it and tweeting us well i gotta say too man like i don't give a shit about that stuff you know what i mean like i mean i just i'm not i'm not in that world at all you know i mean i obviously care about it but i'm not in that world Mm -hmm. um but the website like it's so clean and it's so inviting um it's it's just it's like the first time i saw google i'm not trying to be like grandiose here i just mean i remember in fourth grade i saw google for the first time and i I was taken back by the simplicity of it. Totally. It, it it literally blew me away. I remember being in the library, the computer lab in fucking fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. It was a fourth grade. It might have been junior high. It might have been a couple years later. But I remember seeing that Google thing and just being like, oh my God, this is this is something special. This is going to change the world. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't and know I, if I like consciously thought it's going to change the world, but I saw it and I something clicked in my mind where I was like, this is so different. Mm-hmm. And because all it was was Google and the mm-hmm. search bar. It was so clean and simple. It was profound. And you know, that's that's it. Where you asked me earlier what the tipping point is going to be in, in blockchain and Bitcoin. I think those are good examples. Like if we look at the internet industry, Google, I think was a really big tipping point because it just made the whole World Wide Web much more accessible. And even before that, like AOL, I think was a, a big tipping point because mm-hmm. it made the internet itself. Because it made You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg yeah, Ryan, and one of the me. best romantic yeah. comedies of all time. Is that <laughs> that's exactly where i was going that's where you're going <laughs> so we need some you need some you know amazing movies in the blockchain space yeah, really, really <laughs> yeah seriously we had some romantic comedies about <laughs> about bitcoin like pays for the first date oh, using I, love, your, I can't wait for that, using yeah. your it's bit coming. fracked currency exchange to and then he like uses some of those to pay for their first date dude this is money we can write something if there's any movie producers out there hey we're, we're available yeah know, send me an email yeah um, where can people? What's an email? People want to get in touch with you, learn about Bitfract. What's up? What's your email? Willie with a Y, W I L L Y at bitfract.com. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, I'm happy to chat. Happy to. Um, uh, I can't give trading advice, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've actually, I, I put an ad on Craigslist last year that said, if you need help you know, buying Bitcoin, um, here's some tips. And I put my referral links in there and stuff. And then I said, or if you want to invest a lot and you're you know, really curious, like I'm happy to you know, grab coffee and talk for 30 minutes. And then I started getting blown up every day, multiple people hitting me up. Um, and so I took a couple of meetings and then I said, okay, this is way, this is going to be way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know, part of the reason why we built Bitfract because um, we saw this huge need and demand for people who wanted to get into it but really had no idea where to begin. Mm. It's interesting you say the Craigslist thing because um, I just met up with a um, like a mentor of mine for coffee on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And he said that when he first moved to Austin – 
he went on Craigslist and he actually made an ad like he was an employer, right? This was like six or seven years ago. He just wanted to see what was out there. Mm. So he made an ad and he, like he was an employer for the type of position that he wanted. Wow. And it was like, it was some type of sales job. And so he posted it. Basically, he posted the job that like he would want by this fake company and stuff, posted it. And he got like, he said he got 800 applications wow. within two or three days. And he was like, oh my God, I can't compete with this. And he was getting senior director. He was getting all these so, people with tons so now, of now he's a headhunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? No, so what he said he did is he totally said, fuck it to writing and sending in applications. And he just went full throttle into meeting people and, and networking and like making connections and relationships with people. To stand out from the crowd. To stand yeah. out from the crowd because he saw that and he was like, I don't stand a chance. I'm entry level. And these people, I have no experience. And these are senior level people applying for this type of job. Wow. Like there's no way I'm going to compete. if This is what's going on. Wow. So anyway, I think that's cool that you were doing that too. It's that same concept of like almost these free beta testing. Yeah. Uh, one of our investors at just legal, um, I thought he was so cool. He started a, a company called the trimmer store that sold trimmers to dispensaries, um, in Colorado. And the way he started it, what are trimmers? It was like, a you know, um, machine trimmers. So the, the oh, trimmers, trimmers. Yeah. So oh. literally you throw all of the trimmers. harvest in a, uh, this giant machine that spins around and cuts it all up for you. Cool. It's pretty sweet. Um, so the way he started that was he just posted an ad on Craigslist that said, you know, rent my, my trimmer for 500 bucks a day. And he didn't even own one yet. He just found a picture online and then, People started blowing him up, and so then he ordered one, and that was his first one, and now they're doing millions of dollars a year. But it all started with the Craigslist post. So that's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's free. I mean, it's 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 so ingenious. It's so simple and ingenious to just do that, just to see what the demand is. Yeah, yeah, super mm -hmm. smart. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the lean approach, and that's that's why we ended up getting Bitfract up and running so quickly. Is I came out of Just Legal and had a bunch of ideas for how to do stuff. We built this consulting group. We um, I was putting some feelers out there for cause and talking to some investors and people in the industry. And then Bitfract, you know, we're like, okay, well, here's, I love it because it's so lean. We're able to build on top of Shapeshift, get up and running pretty quickly, and then, you know, test it, test the waters. And when you take that approach, as opposed to trying to, you know, build something really robust and spending a million dollars doing it and then hoping that people like what you built, mm -hmm. um, it's a much faster way to not only see if you're to validate or invalidate your hypotheses and assumptions, but it's a better way. It's a great way to improve it. So you know, we're already getting great feedback from people just by putting that beta website out there on the the fe what we can improve and the features that they want to see next. Whereas if we were developing it in house and not sharing it with the world, we wouldn't have any of that. Right. And even I think you posted the logo on your Instagram. Which logo should we use? Yeah. And didn't the one that you guys liked was the least favorite? It was the least favorite. Yeah. yeah exactly. Isn't that interesting? And so we just went with the one that the the crowd liked. Because, Isn't that interesting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That it, that's such a cool use of technology. Mm -hmm. you know I was, yeah, instagram stories are crushing it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah we're just talking about that so cool man um yeah willie at bitfract.com and uh dude i'm sure you'll be on a third time i hope so soon yeah. dude who knows i love having you on here yeah. man it's so fun every I love time it's a blast yeah. yeah dude thanks for having me all right brother all right much love yeah thanks so much for tuning in guys once again you can find willie at bitfract.com got all that cool stuff over there and austacuba.com you get 10% off everything gonna be coming at you with a lot of fresh episodes coming up a uh, buddy of mine that has been traveling around on a bus for the past year um, owner operator of Austacuba Max will be talking about how he quit his job and started that company uh, badass story and I will also be starting a new series called fuck it Fridays where we interview people that have decided to say fuck it to some part of their life and 
took an action on something um, despite the um, what's a good word here? Despite the rebuttals in their mind. So that's all coming up. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. 